morning, everybody. Are you alive? <laughs> we are all alive and we are all well. That's why we're here to praise the Lord, to worship Him, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Today, uh, it's my joy to be able to go, bring God's word of encouragement to every one of us. The title of my message is By My Spirit. It's taken from Zechariah 4, verse 6. It says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Let's just read the scripture. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 onwards. Can you read it with me? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. What are you, O mighty mountain? Before Jerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then you will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Okay, I just have just a few more words here. It's not on the screen, but it goes on to say the word, then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Jerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plump line in the hand of Jerubbabel. Let us pray. Our Father, we believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has the words of eternal life. To whom else can we turn? So we come pleading that we might hear him in this portion of your holy word. Give to us indeed years to hear what the Spirit say to his church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now if there's one desperate and urgent need in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is surely this, that we need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon every one of us. How we need the reviving ministry of the Spirit of God. So in order for the gospel to see power and influence in our land, in our community, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now God has designed His people so that they may be, all of us may be empowered for His glory and for service in His kingdom. Now if you read Zechariah chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, previous to this, we see the imagery of the lampstand symbolizing the church. And we see the imagery of the bowl and the two olive trees showing the automatic supply of the oil which foreshadowed the fullness of the Spirit outpouring upon the church. The church of Jesus Christ will shine in splendor when it is filled with the Spirit of God. For the church glory will not be acquired by human might or power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Jerubbabel was the grandson of King Jehoiakim of Judah, and thus a descendant of David and an ancestor of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
He had led the remnants back from captivity to the land of Israel. And shortly thereafter, he laid the foundation of the temple. So he was governor of Israel at that point in time. Jerubbabel is represented, representative of Jesus Christ, our priest king. The word of God to Jerubbabel was also a, God, a word of God to us today. The people of Israel had just returned home to Jerusalem, their homeland, after 70 years of captivity. Everything had been destroyed and the place in ruins for 70 years. They have to start everything from scratch, rebuild their homes, build the temple of God where they can gather to worship and to rebuild the city walls that have broken down. So Jerubbabel had an enormous responsibility to rebuild the temple. He organized the people and he started on the work, but he, came very, he became very discouraged. The task was daunting, it was very difficult. He faced many problems. The group was small, and the enemies were coming against their work in great numbers. So the people who were helping him were depressed, then they wanted to give up. The work was difficult, and their resources limited. Can they really do it? Will their efforts make a difference? It was at this time the Lord came and spoke to them to the prophet Zechariah. God gave Zechariah eight messages, eight messages through eight visions in one night. The passage we read today was God's fifth message. The Lord said to Jerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. God's message to the people of Israel reminds us of the need to rely upon the spirit of God in the work we are doing today. Now, all of us wants to see glad tidings grow. All of us wants to see the people in glad tidings fervent for the Lord. That's why we have two teams going to, one to Myanmar and one to Vietnam. And more teams are going towards the end of the year. His work, His power works through you and through me. God is not looking for our power. But he's looking for two things. He's looking for our participation and he's looking for our availability. Just be ready to serve him when the Lord calls you. Someone said, and this is really good, someone said the will of God will never lead to where the grace of God cannot keep you. I repeat, the will of God will never lead to where the grace of God cannot keep you. When He calls you to do a task, He will give you the strength to do it. When He calls you to move, 
He will show you the way. When He calls you to do something, it must be something that can be done. Success is assured. I am sure glad tidings will continue to grow. Can you say amen? I'm sure many more souls will be saved. Can you say amen? Yes, I'm sure many people in the nations round about us will be saved. Can you say amen? Yes, praise the Lord. Success is assured. Not by human efforts, but by the Spirit of God. This is God's work, and it is only through the work of the Spirit that this church can remain strong and effective. So the first thing to do to build this church strong and effective is to pray. The Lord says, there's a verse in the, the verse, the Lord says, any obstacle to this work, even it is as great as a mighty mountain, will be removed. It will become level ground. Now, there are three ways we can attempt to do the work of God. Firstly, we can trust in our own strength and our wisdom. Secondly, we can use the same resources as the world uses. Or thirdly, most importantly, we can depend upon the Spirit of God. God reminded Jerubbabel not only that he is there for him, but it will be his help that guarantees the success of the task. So it will not be by human effort, but by the Spirit of God. Two weeks ago, on June the 16th, just two weeks ago, Argentina and Uruguay experienced a massive power blackout. I think some of you have read that, yeah? About 48 million people were affected. Life came to a standstill. Imagine, for example, there's a blackout in Malaysia today. What will happen to your life? Just imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> because life will be very chaotic. You know, you can't, use your, you can't use anything, any of your electrical appliances. Traffic lights will go out. Lifts will be stranded. Life will become a standstill if there is no electrical power. Life will be unbearable and depressive. But it will be worse if we have a spiritual blackout. If you have a spiritual blackout today, you will feel weak, you will be confused, and you will be directionless. You don't know where you're going. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to vitalize us again to strengthen us, to renew us, and to revive us daily. So every day, we need to talk to Jesus. Every day, we need to go down on our knees and talk to Jesus. Every day, every day we need the Word of God to sink into our lives. Every day, we need to pray and we need to worship our Lord, who is King over all. We are at a crucial point in the history of this church. This church is about 56 years old. 
The enemy knows that the hour is late. And he is poised. He is poised to prevent every person in this church from reaching your full potential. He just wants to short-circuit God's plan for your life. And he wants to slow down the progress of this church. We don't want to remain the same. I'm sure you do. All the leaders here too. Agree with me, the pastors here. We don't want to be remain the same. We want to see more progress in the work of God. We want to see a revival in the work of God. In everything we do, when we go for missions, or when we pray in the church, or whatever we do, we want to have a great dynamism and energy of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen. Yes. So we want to touch more lives for Jesus Christ. So we want more of you to rise up. Join us in this band, in this work of God. Prayer is the Christian's privilege. This is your privilege to pray. It is his greatest weapon and his greatest opportunity. It is the key to God's storehouse, the switch to God's power. And it's the power station of God and the greatest work in which you can be involved in. The Bible says, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. Jeremiah 33, 3. Satan fears nothing but our prayers. If Satan can keep us from our knees, I repeat, if Satan can keep us from our knees and keep us running up and down the mountains of our lives, the various mountains of our lives, very little of the word of God will sink in, we will be ineffective in the word of God, in the work of God. Many years ago in South Korea, a few missionaries began to pray and they began to cry out to God. They said, God, save our nation. Make the church grow. This is their prayer. And South Korea have experienced revival. They have experienced Pentecost up to today. The largest church in the world is still in South Korea. Why? They're still praying. And Prayer Mountain in South Korea is, is, is quite a place to be in. If you've never been there, go. Go to the Prayer Mountains in South Korea, in Seoul, Korea. You will, get, you will change. You will be changed dramatically because there, there you, will, you will hear in the grottoes people crying out to God. Not silently, they just cry out to God for Him to manifest in Korea. So likewise, we Malaysians can do the same. We can go on our knees and cry out to God, God, you do something. Do something in my life, in my family, in my nation. I can assure you, if you cry that way to God, God will answer you. Why? Because he says, call to me and I will answer you and show you what great and awesome things you do not know. So pray. 
Mountains represent obstacles that stand in our way, of, stand in the way of God's purposes being realized. A great mountain stood in the way of Mr. Leong. Mr. Leong is uh, Sharon Kwan's nephew. He's about 53 years old. He had a heart condition. And the doctor told him, you will die in six hours if you don't get operated. Why? Because he's one of his three main arteries is cancerous. There's a tumor there. So anytime that artery can burst. So they frantically went to search for to a, a hospital that can do it. Many hospitals turned him down. But they prayed. The family prayed. We all prayed. And God opened the door. He was admitted to IJN. And not only that, he got one of the best heart surgeons in IJN. The I, this doctor operated on him. He stood with Mr. Leong for eight hours operating on him. After eight hours, he rested. Mr. Leong rested. Of course, before... Let me just say, before he was, uh, he was in the hospital, before the surgery, the auntie, Sharon, called us. We were in Taiping then. So the, the auntie said, I want to help me to lead this, my nephew to the Lord. So we sent, from Taiping, we sent him by WhatsApp how to pray <laughs> in Chinese, how to pray for this Mr. Leong, because he's Chinese educated more. So he said the sinner's prayer, he got saved. But the operation didn't take place in six hours. It took place the next few days. God kept him alive. Uh, kept him alive. So the surgery was completed. The surgery was successful. And he is today well again. Come on, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, when he woke up from his, from his sleep after the operation, he saw Jesus. Jesus appeared to him in a vision and assured him that he will be well. And thank God, the Spirit of God sustained him. He went home, he recuperated, he recovered. And today, he's worshipping a church in Tampui. Give the Lord praise again. Prayer to God can work a miracle in our lives. Prayer can defeat our spiritual enemy. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, for the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Our warfare are not carnal, but the pulling down of strongholds. Another two weeks ago too, around about June the 13th, this month, just, yeah, this month. I was called to go to a home to pray for someone I know. I know his name, I know him very well. And he, this person was very 
spiritually disturbed. When I arrived to the home that day, when he, when he knew that I was at the door, he ran to the kitchen. So the, the friends who were there wonder why is he running away? He ran into the kitchen and I was walking towards the kitchen. He manifested. You know, when you are disturbed spiritually by the enemy, he manifested. So I told the, the, the boys who were there, there's five or six boys there, I said, take him to the hall. He was in the kitchen. We asked him to take him to the hall. He went to the hall. And in the hall, he manifested like crazy. He was stretching. He was, you know, there was all kinds of manifestation. He was nearly banging his head against the, the floor. And they have to hold him. Hold him. So meanwhile, for about one hour, I encouraged the, the boys there to praise the Lord, to worship God. And of course, at the same time, to bind the spirit inside and to cast them out in the name of Jesus. After one hour, he calmed down. He lied down on the floor. And then he said, he called out my name. Then he said to his friends, take my book from my desk. There's a, nearby there's a desk. Bring it to me. So he brought. And I said, why do you want this book? He said, there's written in the book, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to verse 18. I said, okay. You, do, you don't have to read it. You hold the book. I will read it. So I took my Bible in the, and I read to him. Our warfare is not flesh and blood against spiritual powers of darkness. So we come against them in the power, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one by one, they were cast out and he remained very calm, prayed for him, anointed him with oil. Today, he's well. Today, he's here. Today, God has done a great deliverance for one of his children. Praise the Lord. Jonathan, are you here this morning? Yeah, Jonathan is there. <laughs> set free, totally set free. And he reported to me just two days, two days ago, he went for a medical checkup. And the doctor found that his immunity level has increased. Much more than a normal person. Much more than you and me. Praise the Lord. Someone has said that God wait, waits to do the will of praying men. Now today I want to just encourage us, if you have people who are not well and are sick, depressed, bound by the enemy, bring them to our healing rooms, ministry, headed by Pastor Kunsteng. They have since 2005 prayed for about 6,000 people. And many healings and deliverance took place in our healing rooms because Jesus, by His Spirit, have healed them. And one of the most miraculous ones, as Pastor Kun Seng told me, was this lady who came 
and she was healed of leukemia instantly. Come on, give Jesus praise. Whoa! Not one day, two days, three days, four weeks, no. When Jesus do a job, he can do it instantly. Come on, give him praise again. So what are you going through today? Are you sick in your body? If you're sick in the body, just place your hand where it hurts. Even now, yeah, you can do that. Where it hurts. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing to that infirmity and the disease and the pain and command it to go. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for healing me. Thank you for your strength and your miracle. In Jesus' name. God's people say, Amen. Amen. That is a powerful prayer because you are crying out to God, the source of all your miracle. Men of faith will find every mountain shall be either made low, level, or cast into the sea. God's Spirit is the only resource on which we must depend. Don't discount the prayer, the power of your prayer. Don't discount the power of your prayer because every word you utter to God is powerful. Why? Even mountains, you know, can be pulled aside. Mountains can be cast into the sea. If you believe, if you believe, that is possible. For with God, all things are possible. So, the, of course, James 5, 6, you all know the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. On August 27th, 1727, August 27th, 1727, 24 men and 24 women, they covenanted to pray for an hour each day praying in sequence around the clock, seven days a week. Shortly, many others joined the prayer chain. The prayer chain lasted 100 years. The, the prayer chain helped encourage hundreds of Moravian missionaries to go. When William Carey left for India in 1793, starting what we know as the modern missions movement. Over 300 Moravians, Moravian missionaries have gone around the world. Come on, give Jesus praise. You pray, you will move the hand of God. You will move the feet of God and God will move the people to this nation and to the nation's round about us. Praise God for the power of prayer. Remember, May the 9th, 2018, what happened? May the 9th, 2018, just last year only. What happened? We prayed hard. Pastor George Dust and Naomi prayed hard, right? You prayed hard. All of us, all of you prayed very, very hard. You said, God, 
do something in this nation. We have prayed for a change in government for so many years. Do it this time. Suddenly, God said, yes, <laughs> I will do it this time. I will do it this time. And what happened? There was a change in government. <laughs> Can you give God praise? Yes. <laughs> you need to persevere sometimes. You don't just pray one prayer and say, that's it. I leave God and say, God, you do it. No, you persevere. You ask again and again. The impossible became possible with God. The Bible says one will put 1,000 to flight. 1,000 what? 1,000 demons. <laughs> but two will put 10,000 of demons to flight. So yeah, how many of us here? Uh, there are at least six, 700 people here, or you know, round about. Mind you, if all of us pray, the demons will have to go helter-skelter. <laughs> leave this church and leave this nation. Powerful, no? Because your God is all-powerful. So let us advance on our knees. Leaders of this church, if you are a leader here, I urge you every morning, get on your knees. Because when you get on your knees, you are telling God, you are in control, not me. You are strong, not me. You are able, not me. So get on your knees. There's power when you get on your knees and God the Father's by His Spirit, when He sees you on your knees, He will hear the cry of your heart and He will bring about the answer to your need. So join us, some of, all of you in fact, join us for our prayer meetings. Every morning from Monday to Friday, 6.30. Simo, yeah? Katie, yeah? Join us for our Wednesday corporate meeting. We were so encouraged. You know, the week before Pastor George preached his message on Father's Day, there were about 100 people coming for our Wednesday prayer meeting. Then he stood here and he challenged us, hey, come for Wednesday prayer meeting. You know what happened? The Lord gave 20% increase. Come on, give Jesus praise. <laughs> So today, I stand here again and I call to you and I urge you, come for a Wednesday prayer meeting. Come on. We will reach more than 120. Where is Pat? Pastor Pat. <laughs> we will reach maybe 130, 140, I don't know, but God will speak to your heart. Secondly, to build God's church, we need to trust Him. Trust God. Isaiah 26, 4 says, Trust in the Lord forever. Not one time, not two times, forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. You know what is the rock eternal? Forever strong. Forever there. 
Jerubbabel trusted in the Lord. He leaned, he learned to let go and let God take care of the building project. Faith is needed in all areas of our lives. And it is much more needed when we, have, when we face an insurmountable, impossible task. When we have a mountain in front of us. God knows the will He has for you. No mountain can hinder His plan for your life. No mountain can hinder His plan for your family, for your work, for your business. No mountain can stand. But you have got to have faith. You have got to have faith in Him. Faith can move mountains. Matthew 17, 20. It says, if you have faith like a small, as small as the mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Matthew 17, 20. So in the Bible, we see that when God calls people to do His work, He rarely, he rarely calls them to do easy tasks. You remember Moses. When, when Moses, when God called Moses over to the burning bush, he asked Moses, you know, to face, you know who? <laughs> the ruler of the land. Face Pharaoh and bring your people out of Egypt. When God called Noah to build an ark and bring one pair of every animal kind of animal into it. That was a difficult task. Paul was called to preach the gospel throughout Asia Minor. For, but for most of the time, if not on the run for his life, he was in prison. Difficult, isn't it? You are called to be an apostle of Christ. And most of the time you are persecuted, most of the time you face hardship, and most of the time you are in prison. But even in prison, what did Paul do? You read the epistles. The epistles are here for us to read how Paul motivated and encouraged his people, his disciples, and his followers of Jesus Christ. Little becomes much when it is in the hand of God. So to trust God is to abide in Him. To abide in Christ is to be connected to the branch, like a branch to the wine. We remain connected to Christ in trust, in dependence, and in worship. So the power of this church is the power of the Holy Spirit. If He is flowing, if He is flowing so that Christ shines forth in every life, in every life here, then there is power to do an eternal work for Christ in this church. So we thank God. I thank God for so many of you serving the Lord in the various ministries of this church. 
So as we grow, as we have a campaign to, to recruit more workers, join in. Join in. There's something you can do for the Lord in this church. So history tells us the people of Israel did finish the work. God can do the same for us today. If, he, if you call Him Almighty, yeah, we call God Almighty. If you, God, if you call Him Almighty, then He deserves more trust. God is calling us to serve Him. And lastly, God is calling us to do our part. Do your part. Verse 10 says, Who despises the day of small things? God can do a lot with little. A little is a lot with God. Remember, he used David's, David's uh, sling to knock down the giant Goliath. He used a basket to lower down Paul from a wall and saved his life from those who were trying to kill him. So little becomes much in the hand of God. Remember the 12 faithful disciples, full of the Holy Spirit, they turned the world upside down, even up to today. It's not about how small you are, but it's about how big your God is. You know how big God is? Whoa, He's so big. You can't even imagine how big He is. With God, small deeds count. Remember the woman who gave her two coins. Yeah, remember. More than 2,000 years later, all around the world, preachers are also talking about her. She gave her all to the Lord Jesus Christ. She gave in faith. Small things. Like what? Small things. Like being kind. Courteous, friendly. Sending the email. Making that phone call. Making posters for children. Control traffic. Driving the van for seniors, giving an encouraging word, teaching children in kids' church, and sharing the gospel will make a difference in God's church. What more? What other small things? Be punctual. Be punctual for all your meetings, especially cell group meetings. <laughs> yeah, I know I touch on some nerves, huh? Cell members, come early. Come early for cell meetings because your cell leader has prayed for you. He is ready for you and you're late. Come early. Come on time. If it is 8.30, you come. 8.30. Start the meeting early. End early. Pray for God's blessing upon your cell group and your community. And God will bring growth to your cell groups. Can you say amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. Big things come out of small things.
the seeds of the great redwoods of California are the smallest of all conifers, conifers. And you know that small little seed can grow up to be a tall tree, 380 feet high, 20 feet in diameter. 380 feet, I was just thinking, how, how tall is it? You, you know, visually, you know Petronas Twin Tower, right? This redwood tree can grow up to be one-third of Petronas Twin Tower from a small seed, small seed. So small things, but with God, small things become giants. <laughs> so you may think you are a small person. No, actually you are a giant. You are a giant, you are a hero. Come on, turn to men, turn to men and say, hey, you are a hero. <laughs> woman, turn to woman and say, hey, you are a heroine. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. In his book, Little People, the, in, uh, in this book, this title, the title of the message, is, the title of the book is No Little People. No Little People. Theologian Francis Schaeffer, this is what he said. In God's sight, there are no little people and no little places. Yeah, no. To God, everything is big and big and big. So God sometimes uses little things and seemingly insignificant people to, destroy, to display His power and grace. So our limited ability and God's unlimited power make an unstoppable pair. So you are in partnership. When you work with God, you are in partnership and your senior partner is the most powerful person in the whole world. So I am so privileged that I came to know this senior partner. And he works with me, he walks with me, he talks with me, he prays with me, he sings to me, he worships to me. God is so good. Can you say amen? amen. Yes, this God we worship is great. He's a great, great God. The dew drop does God's work as much as the thunderstorm. Dew drop thunderstorm, they do different things but equally effective. So don't underestimate what God, God can do through you. Don't underestimate that. If God can take a 16-year-old boy, a farm boy from North Carolina dairy farm, one who had nothing to, to show, nothing to distinguish about, and make a Billy Graham out of him. He can do something with you, with me. He chose an 80-year-old man, a shepherd, 80-year-old shepherd, and made him into Moses. He picked a timid teenager and made a Jeremiah. <laughs> you know when you read the prophet Jeremiah, he was a timid Teenager, God picked him up and he became a major prophet. We are powerless to accomplish God's work without the Spirit's help. We cannot even cause a sinner to repent and come into the kingdom of God. We can't do that. It's only the Spirit of God 
when the Spirit of God comes, the mountains will be removed. One day I visited this man and he has, I was told he has thousand and one objections, thousand and one mountains <laughs> against coming to know Jesus Christ. So before I went to see him, I was praying, I was driving and I was praying, Lord, by your spirit, help me, help me to answer all his objections. Reach this house, rightly so, he objected. First thing he said, I don't believe this, I don't believe that. And wow, meanwhile, while he was doing that, I was praying. The Holy Spirit was working already. Suddenly, I stopped him. I said, stop. <laughs> Jesus Christ came to save you. And he's the only one who can save you. Open your heart's door. Receive Jesus Christ now. He stopped. He was silent. <laughs> I said, say this prayer after me. He followed. <laughs> and when he said the amen, I congratulated him. He said, welcome to the family of God. What objections? <laughs> what mountains? All gone, cast into the sea. With God, all things are possible. Praise the Lord. Hudson Taylor said this. When he was asked a question, he asked, he said, he was asked this question, why do you think God chose you to start in China Inland Mission? He replied, God picked up somebody who was so weak that apart from him, I knew I could do nothing. You can Google Hudson Taylor and you will find what a simple man Simple faith, but fully dependent on God, what he achieved. He spent 51 years in China, and he raised this China Inland Mission, now OMF, have raised 800 missionaries and 18,000 salvations. Come on, give Jesus praise. So do something for God in your generation. Men of, men of glad tidings. I want to speak to you now. Men of glad tidings. Rise up. Don't let the women do spiritual work. <laughs> Don't let the woman pray, come to prayer meeting, do Bible study. You go and do business. You go and cari makan. <laughs> I know cari makan is important. But if God is your senior partner, I tell you, <laughs> He will bless your business. If you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be gathered to you. Come on, give Jesus praise. Whoa. So men, arise. Men of GT, arise. We follow the commands in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13 to 14. It says here five things, men of God in GT. Firstly, you stand guard. Stand guard for your family. Stand guard for the family of God here. Secondly, stand firm. Stand firm in your faith. Refuse to be shaken by outside forces. 
Thirdly, be men of courage. Don't be intimidated by the enemies. Number four, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Number five, do everything in love. So rise up, men of GT. Do away with lesser things. Give heart, mind, and soul, and strength to serve the King of Kings. Amen? Yes. We don't have many days, you know. <laughs> we don't have many days. So the days that God has given you, cherish it. Work for Him while it is still daylight. Because the night will come when Jesus will come and you will have to face Him in the judgment. When you face Jesus Christ, what do you tell Him? You want to see Him smile at you? I think all of us want that. Yeah? Brother George Ang, Mona, <laughs> you want to see Jesus smiling at you? Yeah, we want. We want Jesus to smile at us. So, do work while it is day. Men of GT, lift up the cross of Jesus Christ. Tread where His feet have trod. Men of God, we honour you. We honour you. But not forgetting the women too. Women of God, we honour you too. Come on, give Jesus praise. We are never too old to serve God. There's still much to be done. Let's finish the course and finish strong. Stand strong in the power of the Holy Spirit. So pray. We need to pray for the work we are doing today. We need to trust God and persevere. And we need to do our part. Let's pray.